Hello and welcome to the Post Up Podcast. This is Cyrus Rogers. I'm with Kaunda Chama as always. We are doing our thing right here on the African continent, giving you all of that NBA goodness. What else could you call it, Kaunda? Um, you know, spectacular it's, it's, entertainment. I think I just went made up my own word. It's the the African wonderfulness. <laughs> why not we make this our own but thank you everybody for listening and tuning into the latest uh post-up podcast uh, we are going to be covering some really interesting topics this week because i think there's stuff that we need to talk about from the eastern conference in terms of doing a deep dive in 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 what the conference kind of looks like right now as we head towards the playoffs and also ask the question whether or not this is just you know a a, a race and uh, towards the climactic showdown between the uh, milwaukee bucks and the the uh, Boston Celtics. And then later on in the pod, we're going to ask, well, not even ask, we're going to start talking about the top five African players, that's the players with African links, uh, in the NBA this season. Uh, before, before we go into any of that, um, Kanda Chama, how are you doing? I'm doing good, good, Sai. How, how are you doing? You know, always good, always blessed. You know, it's one of those where I, I look at this and I say, if the dubs can carry on winning without Steph Curry, who am I to question whether or not life is good? Um, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Um, but let's also give everybody our social media handles at the moment. So it's at Post Up Podcast on Twitter, at Post Up Zone on Instagram, at Post Up Zone on Facebook for all things NBA from an African perspective. Kaunda. Cyrus. NBA delivers more than some delivery services like these guys give entertainment like you've never seen before and some of the storylines that always take you know uh, center stage seem to be around how well teams are doing at certain points um whether or not certain teams are tanking or they're just really really bad um and then the injury curse that seems to be striking certain teams and certain players at the moment now um as we record this we've just seen uh, the lakers lose to the timberwolves and a lot of that really comes down to lebron james's injury because I mean, that came at the absolute worst time. Um, you know, you look at him, he's out for a couple of weeks with that foot injury. Um, do you think the Lakers uh, are really in, in, in a spot of bother here? Or do you think, you know, like they've got enough to, to try and keep going? Look, Cyrus, uh, we are not by, I say we because, you know, I'm a Laker fan. We are by no means comfortable right now, Cyrus. I, I've been speaking about us winding up in the playing spots and uh, on one of the playing spots, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, with LeBron being out, that, 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 that brings about a big problem because uh, although we have young and athletic guys this season, uh, um, young is also playing a lot. And, you know, young goes with you know, not very seasoned, not used to certain uh, pressure situations, situations yeah. and, and needing a vet or two to, to, you know, to guide them through that. I mean, look, uh, AD obviously has to do a little bit more heavy lifting in uh, LeBron's absence. Uh, and, and, you know, now we haven't got the leader of our second unit anymore in um, Russell Westbrook. And I know a lot of people will be like, well, you're talking about Russell Westbrook. Yes, he was performing off the bench for the Lakers very yeah. well. And uh, I, 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 it's good to see that. I, I mean, we've also, uh, you know, don't forget, we don't have D'Angelo Russell. So uh, mm. instead of Dennis Schroeder looking after the second unit, now he has to be a starter because he will, he starts well when he's playing with LeBron and AD on the floor because, you know, he can play Lob City very well, which both LeBron and AD love because it just gives them uh, the opportunity to be in a good position and receive that ball from the playmaker, right? But 
uh, Cyrus, we, we, there's a, a lot of work to be done if we want to win because with LeBron and uh, D'Angelo Russell out, it's, 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 it's big problems for, for, for the Los Angeles Lakers. And no, I think it looks like it. I mean, we just lost to, to uh, uh, Timberwolves, which I thought was going to be an easy game. Look, no game is ever easy, maybe unless you're no. playing the Houston Rockets. But look, <laughs> even no, no then. <laughs> I mean, even I mean. I underrated the San Antonio Spurs, and just the other day they beat a team that I didn't expect them to beat. I, I just the name, you know, skips my mind. I'm like, the Spurs won that game, but look, yeah, it, it's like that expression: any given Sunday, it can it be any jazz. given game day, right? They 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 they, they beat the Jazz, and and you'd yeah. expect the way the Jazz have been performing this season, even after the, way the Jazz changes. have been set up. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. But you see what I mean, Cyrus. So it's it's any given game day. You 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 can catch that L. You you can seriously catch that L. You really can. You really but, can. And 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 it's interesting. I mean, look. Obviously, we're not going to make this a Lakers part. I was just you know asking the question: Are they in trouble? And and they look to be. Um, but but I think that there's a problem in Los Angeles as a whole now because you look at the Clippers and they're also in a in a spot of free falling right now. You know just losing games left right and center and that's affecting their uh standing in the in in the west uh but i think the lakers definitely need to to try and find a way to to claw themselves back into um a a, a space where wins can come a lot more regularly but that's all ha- what uh happening on the west let's look at the east because we, we want to do a deep dive into the eastern conference and i think that when we look at the east as a whole We've always been talking specifically this season about the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics as being the teams to beat. Now, I say it in that way because the Bucks are now, you know, outright uh, number one team in the, in, in the East and in the NBA in, 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 as a whole, with the yep. Celtics right behind them. Um, and the Bucks just don't seem to know how to lose games, which is a bit worrying for me because you go on like a 16, 17 um, game winning streak. You, you've got to try and save some of that momentum for the postseason as opposed to just doing everything in the in the regular season. Um, you see, that, but that, that's my you... fear about how the Lakers are positioning themselves. They're, gonna, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're positioning themselves in a way that they're going to push really hard. And sorry to take it back to the Lakers. And then what happens is when you get to you the just postseason, help the, the, the steam runs out and then, you know, basically you using that word steam, the teams ahead of you start looking like steamrollers and you start looking like mm-hmm. a road and they're just, you know, <laughs> he looks like some tar. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Cyrus, it, it, I, I think as a Golden State Warrior fan, you remember the 73-9 and nine season um, yeah, where they put everything in the regular season, Cyrus. They were demolishing teams. That That team was built to win. But then come the postseason, I think the fatigue caught up. So I, I, it, people think basketball is very different from chess, but it actually isn't. It's a game of strategy, pace. You know, you you, you got you to gotta yeah. pace yourself. You, you well, don't just jump in. It's not checkers, it's right? Long you, distance running. It's long yes. distance running. You don't it's sprint right from the beginning. It's a game season, Cyrus. You know, so you, you got to pace yourself mm-hmm. and you got to know when to pick it up, when to slow down a little bit, you know, when to just take an L. Well, you don't want to take too many Ls, but but you know what I mean. But it's it's intriguing you say that, though, because it, it, for me, one of the, the in, most interesting things about the Bucks is that 
they have been pacing themselves and they're still getting these wins. Giannis hasn't played a lot of games. Middleton is still being worked back to full fitness. Uh, Drew Holiday has been incredible this season and, and Brooke Lopez is playing way beyond what he's had um, in the past. So it looks like the Bucks have found a winning formula with the players who they wouldn't necessarily be leaning on. Like you always say Giannis is Giannising and he has been doing well without necessarily going absolutely berserk. So I think mm-hmm. this might be the, the Bucks playing within themselves, but still getting wins. And that's impressive. That's super impressive. Um, mm-hmm. So so we agree, right? Like it looks like the Bucks and Celtics seem to be the guys who are on a collision course heading towards yep. each other as, as, as we get into the postseason. But we mm-hmm. can't take our eyes off the teams behind them. And that's where things get really interesting because... I don't know. Like we're we're both, you know, sort of fans of the Philadelphia 76ers, but we're unsure as to whether or not this is a team that can actually push their credentials to 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 make a conference finals, uh, which I think might appease some of them because there's this uh, some of the players and the fans because there's some real big decisions coming up towards the end of the season. Um, James Harden is a free agent um, at the end of the season. He might well. He has a decision to make about a player option. Um, and mm-hmm. he might decide, look, let me go back to Houston because that seems to be what's doing the rounds in the papers. So the, the 76ers need to try and get as far as possible, maybe even make an NBA Finals if that's within the makeup of this team. Then you look at the guys like the Cleveland Cavaliers, who for me seem to still be performing like a year ahead of their development. Mm-hmm. Um, where they've added a, a Donovan Mitchell, who's been incredible, an all-star again this season. And they just seem to be one or two pieces away from being, you know, a proper title contender. And then you've got the New York Knicks right behind the, 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 the Cavaliers, who suddenly look like a competent team, competent front office, competent fans, competent uh, arena. Everything is just looking competent in New York with the Brooklyn Nets just behind them, who just haven't fallen off completely after the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving trades. So the East isn't as simple to, to call as it was before. No, it isn't, so here's Paris. The, here's the question, right? Mm-hmm. If, we, if, we, if we take out the top two, what does the yeah. rest of the East look like? Because um, I haven't even touched the teams who are in the play-in places like the Heat, Hawks, Raptors, and Wizards currently. Look, Cyrus, I think the Philadelphia 76ers for me could pull off a surprise because when you look at them, they've got two superstars on that um on that squad, I'm still bummed about the fact that the other superstar was in that all-star, but we'll take that off camera. Uh, <laughs> it, it, when you look at the fact that there's James Harden and Joel Embiid, you know, an MVP, mm-hmm. a, a, an MVP uh, candidate in, in Joel Embiid, and then you've got a, a pure scorer, pure hooper lefty in, in, in James Harden. Uh, you know, you you you've got one guy in the front court, one guy in the back court that play very well, mm-hmm. and they can play very well with each other. And and as you know, um, uh, they're both sort of facilitators in a way. No, actually, James Harden is the facilitator, but but uh, Joel mm-hmm. Embiid is more of a score first big man, right? So yeah, you, you got a system that can work there. James Harden can faci- facilitate for 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 for, for Joel Embiid, but we, we we forget that the I mean, I know you're not the biggest Tobias Harris fan, but he has been putting up some 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 good games. But they've even got like a, a PJ Tucker 
who can be backed up by Montrez Harrell, although Montrez hasn't been getting really that much game time, but mm-hmm. he's a guy you can call for, on. For good where, reason. For good reason. He just hasn't been performing. But but he's a guy you can call on when you need that grit and, and you know, you need that, that disruptor in the paint to to to, to throw at uh, big men and, you know, really wear them down and, and see how much stamina they've got. He's a, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, like... You, you got you got the likes of Tyrese Maxey coming into their own. Um, hey, and, and uh, honorable mention to obviously they have got the slam dunk winner in Mac McClung. I know <laughs> Cyrus is a youngster. You know, Two way contract, Mac McClung. But I'm I just mean... saying they've got this guy. I'm not saying he's going to do much for them. But I'm just saying, hey, just big shout out to Mac McClung. Okay, uh, but, cool. but, but, but we can but you, we can get. But 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 you know what I mean. Like they've got some nice players in, in the squad, and I, and and I think they can. I mean, every now and then, George's Niang catches fire from three point mm-hmm. range. He can give them those you know last minute threes that they might need. You know, because he's not a guy you really focus on. So an opposing team might sleep on him, and then he catches fire and gets two threes in the end to win that game. That kind of situation, because he's yeah. fearless. I, I like the look of the 76ers. And I, and I think this is the kind of team that might surprise you and wind up in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think that's what they really need to do if they want to keep a star like James Harden, especially with word around the campfire saying that he might be looking at going back home to Houston. That home, as in Houston, is where he spent most of his time. The Cavaliers, yeah. Cyrus, those kids, and I'll call them kids because I'm an old man. They're, they're, uh, and they're a young team, but yes, they, uh, we're, they, we're not denying your, your age. They, <laughs> you hate you. They are. <laughs> they are looking impressive. Like you said, we didn't expect them to make a turnaround like this at, mm. in this short period of time, but they, 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 they are looking nice. I think... They are a prime uh, LeBron away. See what I did there. They're a prime <laughs> LeBron away from being a, a conference title chaser. And then the New York Knicks. Cyrus, the New York Knicks have been slept on this season. Do you know why? Mm-hmm. Who's the superstar in the New York Knicks? Well, uh, currently, Jalen Brunson, who everyone was like, really? But yeah, he's been playing super well. But, but, but you know what I mean? But he's not a bona fide superstar. No, you, no, no. You know? I, not by by the general definition of it, you know. But, but you understand what I mean? That's why they're a team that can be slept on and they can pull off major surprises here. We've had so much focus on the Brooklyn Nets because the Brooklyn Nets, who mm-hmm. are uh, just behind them in the standings, because they had Kevin Durant. They also had James Harden yeah. at one point. They had Kyrie. Yeah, Kyrie they Irving. Looking like these a, massive names. They were massive, looking massive like a names. sure title chaser. So the big brothers of MSG, we forgot about them because obviously they don't have superstars and they have either former superstars in you know, a Derrick Rose and stuff like who, that. Who doesn't then, even play? Who doesn't even play and, you know, you know, just is uh, like uh, one of the big guys. A culture guy. Yeah so, <laughs> yeah. so so you look at that team and you forget about them. Like I was looking at them like they're, Record is like 40 and 20. Oh, no, sorry, my bad. 38 and 27, right? And then if you yeah. look at the much talked about Memphis Grizzlies, they are 38 and 23. So if you actually think about it, Cyrus, we've been making more noise about the Memphis Grizzlies because yeah. they're in the West. Obviously, they've got the likes of Jamarant there who are, you know, like almost sure future faces of the of the league yeah, you know, and they've yeah, got yeah. Jared Jackson Jr who's a blocking machine you know, there's one vein uh, and, and, you know they've just they've got, I suppose they've got 
personalities there, right? Whereas the yep. New York Knicks is that uh, team which hasn't got like hard, I, see, I think personalities is hard in, workers. They 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 they're somewhat blue collar. You know, yes. you know they they don't have like these shiny Ferraris of players. The, the no. Knicks themselves, as opposed no. to like the Grizzlies, can still say, "Yeah, we've got a Ja Morant who can yeah, light who, up any game." You um, know what I mean? But I get but you, if, yeah, I get you. But if you look at the performance, the New York Knicks have been doing well this season comparatively, Cyrus, and they could be yeah. one of those teams that, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go to the finals, but I think that in terms of positioning come the postseason, they, they're going to they're be looking good. Cyrus, it's, they're it's really fifth. interesting. No, no I, and, and I, I'm with you. I mean, this is the thing. That's why we, we, we look at the Eastern Conference because I, – Yes, maybe yes. That you know, we we look at the, the team like the Grizzlies in the West and say, well, look at the conference they're in. Look at the players that are there. So you know, it is a little bit more impressive to be second with a record like um, thirty-eight and twenty-four in the West as opposed to fifth in the East with a record of tw- thirty-eight and, and twenty-seven, like the, the Knicks are. But you play who's in your conference, and you and, and you you have to stack up against those guys. So uh, I, I'm totally with you. I think the interesting thing about what's uh, our, our sort of tunnel vision, East versus West, is that we look and we say, how many superstars are in the East? And that's yeah. where things start to look really sort of like, well, okay, fine, maybe there are fewer superstars in the East than there are in the West. Um, but I don't know if I, if I totally agree with that. When you look at, but, but look at the teams with bona fide superstars, right? Um, the Bucks, definite superstars. The Celtics, definite superstars. The the 76ers, definite superstars. The Cavaliers, they've got a superstar, I think, in Donovan Mitchell with some star Definitely. players um, behind him. And then as you look at the rankings, those are the top four teams. Then the Knicks, no real superstar, but Jalen Brunson really is a star player playing at a high level with Julius Randle backing him up as a star player playing at a high level and, and a team that works around them. And then the Brooklyn Nets. Hardworking team, no star players. Maybe that's maybe no superstar players, but like a Mikel Bridges is starting to become a better player. Mm. The one team that that is a bit debatable is the team in seventh in the Miami Heat, where you look at somebody like um, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler, and you're like, but we've always had this conversation about Jimmy Butler. Is he a superstar? Is he a star? What is Jimmy Butler? And and right now he's playing more at a star level than a superstar level. But you know, yeah. come down to the postseason, you don't want to be facing that guy. Yeah, uh, you know what he can do. I, I, yeah. I think J- Jimmy Butler just you know when he puts his head down uh, figuratively and uh, gets to work, he can be a problem to anybody. He can be a, defensively, exactly. he can be a problem offensively. He will shoot. He will take that ball to the hoop, and he's he a winning player. Yeah, he, he loves player. to win. He, he loves to win and he plays to win. That's one thing I, I like about Jimmy Butler. I mean, look, unfortunately, they couldn't pull it off in the bubble, but I still wow. give enough respect to the... To, to, and and to, we to should. I mean, we should. To, 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 to Jimmy Butler, yeah. He's a guy that gives it his all. But but here's another question for you, Counter. You've got Trey Young, who I think is on that sort of almost superstar category, but he's fallen into star category uh, with yeah. a DeJounte Murray. Uh, at the Hawks and a new coach with Quinn Snyder um, having joined them, and then you've got a Pascal Siakam who's a, an All Star this mm-hmm. season um, with some good players around him in Toronto, and they're in ninth place. And obviously, then you go back to the Washington Wizards in tenth, who complete the sort of playoff play in places, um, yeah. and they've got like a Kristaps Porzingis, they've got a, a Kyle Kuzma who are like 
should we call them lower level stars? Jeesh, I don't yeah. want to disrespect people like that, but I think that they sort of no. fall into that category. They're, they're, and Bradley Beal, I haven't even brought him up. They're, 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 they're rising stars that continue to rise. Well, can you call somebody like a, a Chris Stapps rising? You know, like we know his level, so he can Listen, be really good in games. And in some games, you're like, okay, we, we, Chris Stapps. We, we, we rise at our own different paces, Cyrus. It's, it's <laughs> so like, could be, it's, it's uh, like, like a rising star at like 36. Is that still a thing? It's like you and I, when we go to play pickup games, right? When you see I like that, I like how you you like to bring uh, um, our horrible <laughs> pickup games <laughs> into the podcast. Like, when, yeah, we're, yeah. when we're going up for a layup and we rise uh -huh. to the rim, it's very different <laughs> to those eighteen-year-old guys we try to play yeah. against when they rise to the rim. You see what I'm talking about? Pace but, there, but but but, but you see the, the problem here, right? Is that those guys are on the way up. We, even as we go up, are different on the way down. Way down. <laughs> <laughs> so look, uh, that's okay. how I look at it. I, I, I think, look, Kyle Kuzma, me, I still consider him a rising star. Yeah, definitely. Bradley Bill, I, he's young enough. Bradley Beal is not rising. He's he not rising anymore. He is. He, he, he is who he is, but I think he's a star. Uh, so uh, that's my point, right? In the sense that, yeah, he is a star player. Um, uh -huh. Chris Stapps is a star player. Kyle Kuzma yeah, is kind of there uh, but, but from his Chris performances Stapps, this season. Chris Stapps is young enough to rise again. Believe me, it's. I, I think he's he's had this situation where in New York things didn't look good. Then he had to move. Then he wound up at the Mavs, and then you know things are looking good for a while. So, so, so but, you're saying you know. circumstance has put him where he is uh, from and, and injuries of course I mean that, that's yeah. one of the other th reasons why things haven't been um, particularly great for him. He is 27 like you say you know he's, he's, he's relatively young sort of starting to get into that prime um, Yeah. but yeah I, I mean I, I get you I, I'm still not sure I'm, I'm, un I'm uncertain about Kristaps considering that you know you look at Kyle Kuzma they're exactly the same age 27 mm -hmm. years old. So, you know, one we're saying is young and still has a way to go. And other was sort of like, oh, maybe he's on his way down. Consider like Bradley Beal's in his 20s. He's still 29. So I, I get you. I get you in the sense that, yeah, um, I think Beal is a star who's verged on superstar, though, you know, it's still the jury's out. The jury's out. Um but that goes back to the to the whole conversation that we're looking at the East, saying maybe we need more superstars in order to make the you know the conference more competitive. But yeah. you've already got like four teams with four superstars on them that should make things really really interesting. So mm. to, to round off the deep dive into the East, I, I think that one of the the most important things here is to almost look at what happens in the play in tournament, right? Because the Bulls are outside of it at the moment and you know they're really injury struck you know with the guys lose, missing time Lonzo Ball out for the entire season we don't know what's happening with some of the other guys like DeMar DeRozan you know he's playing here and there and and, and Vucevic's form is all over the place as well um, but I think that the Bulls might be the team that miss out so when we look at, at, at the East and you've got the, the Heat, Hawks, Raptors and Wizards um, in the play-in places you could almost see the Heat being that number seven seed going through in, in you know, the first game of the play-in. And yeah. then, you know, between the Hawks, Raptors, and Wizards, it could be a toss-up between any one of those three to really go through with 
maybe the Raptors and Hawks being the front runners to try and get that that last spot. But I don't know if any one of those teams, be it the whole, I mean, let's in fact let's say the Heat. Yeah. Let's say you're the number two seed, right? And I think this is also why it's important for um, the Bucks and Celtics to to battle it out for for that number one seed in the East because. You could find yourself playing a Miami Heat team who some people in the media have called zombies because they just come from the dead and they can yeah. be very dangerous. Um, Absolutely. But you don't necessarily want to face them. You know, like you could be the Celtics as the number two seed going, okay, now we're playing the Heat who almost knocked us out of the of, of the, the the Eastern Conference Finals last, uh-huh. last season. Um, there were Jimmy Butler three-pointer away from disaster striking in Game 7. So... Are things as bad? Like you look at the Heat and you say, "Okay, hang on a second. If the Heat finishes the seventh seed, um, they're still a team to be taken very seriously." So, do you think that that's what the, the teams like the Bucks and, and Celtics are looking at? They're saying, "Look, let's just try and, and get that number one seed, so we could maybe get like a Hawks Raptors, and that might be easier." As opposed to looking at the Heat and saying, I mean, the Heat could drop to that that eight. You know, we we never know with the way things have been going. Um, but I think the Heat are still the kind of team nobody wants to face uh, in in do or die games. Yeah, Cyrus. Uh, I mean, the Miami Heat. If you look at them now, uh, sans a couple of pieces, there's still that Miami Heat team from three years ago that that really caused problems in in, in the bubble, right? And mm. and 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 Cyrus. Like you said, they they, they 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 will come back from you looking down on them. And need I say, sometimes you got to be careful with such teams because they could yeah. mess up your entire uh, postseason ambitions. Because you could you could be a very good team and you underestimate a team like the Miami Heat, and then they 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 really quench your your postseason desires. I mean. I know I always mm. go back, I think it's 2015, where the Atlanta Hawks finished top of the East, and they, yeah. that's all they did that year. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to put it so bluntly. Winning, winning the regular season isn't necessarily uh, you know, postseason success. I'm with you. Yeah, and, and, and then come the, the, the postseason, they, they really crumbled, and, 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 and that was a, the, a good Hawks squad. I mean, Al Horford was still there. I think Al Brown was, 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 was there. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a great good team. team. Kyle Korver. Uh, Kyle Korver was there. I, I, was Malcolm Brogdon there? Who, who, no. Who used, uh, no, somebody. No, no, no. no. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm messing up my players. He used to – he was the reason why Dennis Schrudek was coming off the bench. Who, who was that guy? But anyway. It's uh, Lou Williams, I think was was. was I think she, Lou Williams was there. Uh, yeah, that, it, it was a great team, but 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 then again, you 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 gotta be careful, even when you're a great team. But then again, they didn't have a Yanis caliber player in their team, to be honest. But if no. you're Bucks or the Celtics, you you gotta be careful because you might just meet uh, uh you know an eight C team that's so motivated that they. They, they 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 shake rattle and roll you out of the postseason. It was Jeff Teague? Sorry, not Louis. Oh, yes. Jeff Teague. Jeff was Teague. Jeff Teague. Yeah, uh, but but I get you. And that team was being coached by Mike Budenholzer, so you know he's been yeah. around the block. He knows exactly what it's like to 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 be a team that does really well in 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 the regular season. Then come the postseason, you're like Paul Millsap. Why aren't you doing what you're supposed to do? Who was also part of that team? They had a good yep. team. That that I mean, Kent Bazemore was team. there. Demari Carroll. Yep. Um, 
So, you know, you don't want to take your eye off the, off the prize. And I think that's exactly your point. Like, you look at the heat and they'd be like, okay, bring it. We've got nothing to lose. You know, we could punch you in the mouth. So, yeah. I think well, when we look at the Eastern Conference... could punch you in the mouth at the wrong time and then you, exactly. your busy day has been confused while they take that, <laughs> that game, you know? It's, exactly. It's... So I think we're, we're in agreement here, though. Like the, the top two teams really are the, the guys to, to really watch out for. And I've said this, like especially in the last podcast, I think the winners of the NBA might uh, NBA championship might come from the East this season and probably will, um, either the Bucks or Celtics. Um, I'm still going with the Bucks in this one. Um, but I also feel as if we can't take our eyes off some of these other guys. I actually rate... The, the 76 is pretty highly, though I think that the Cavaliers have a good chance. It is that they don't necessarily have the bench depth that, that yeah. the Sixers have um, in some way. I, I still feel like the Sixers, uh, they, they're just not convincing for me. But then the other teams in, in that conference, the Knicks and, and Nets, um, shouldn't be overlooked. And I think that's one of the key things here. Um, but Kanda, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the top African players. Kaunda Chama. Yes, sir. We've spoken about the Eastern Conference. We've spoken about how things could shape up, whether or not the, you know the, the East is a dire, like they say, the, the least in conference. I, I don't think so. I think never, the, the never, is... never again will the Eastern Pro Conference be the least in conference. Yeah, we shall do it. Never, never, never again. But now, let's talk about our African brothers here. The guys who we've been keeping an eye on because we love them because of their links to the to the motherland, to our home continent, you know. And um, you've got, I'd, I'd say, uh, the top three just pick themselves, maybe even the top five. So... I suppose maybe we talk, we do them sort of in order of how well they've been performing this season, and sure. and I know that we 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 are definitely on the same page with this. So number one, as as our you know top performing African has got to be Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think that goes without saying. Uh, the man has been sensational yet again this season. Um, at 28 years old, uh, he's uh, you know uh, at all time I think it was a seventh. This is the seventh All Star selection. Um, yep. And he was uh, a captain. A video. Yeah, and, and, and all-star captain. captain for the second time. Um, yeah. And and the first captain to beat Team LeBron um, yeah. in an all-star game. I mean, the all-star game was horrendous. But, he, you know, he's he's playing at such a high level. And I think Giannis is a, a definite... Um, the, uh, Nigerian Greek players definitely the you know the top performing player with with African links uh, in the NBA. Um, so I think when we look at his stats, though, they're really just <laughs> they're just otherworldly. He's averaging thirty one point three points per game. Um, the man is doing whatever he wants on 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 the offensive end because he's 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 um, field goal percentage is fifty four point one, which is I mean pretty damn good when you look at the way he's been finishing um even his three-point shooting is has been has improved from you know at, by his standards um mm -hmm. you can't necessarily just give him every single one of those um three pointers and then his 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 free throw percentage though low has also been improved from from the past but his rebounding he's averaging 12 rebounds a game kinda it's nuts <laughs> like this guy is doing everything rebounds a game 
Mr. Devil averaging 5.4 assists. Yeah, oh, I mean, you know, he, they might as well call him Yanis Double Double Atentacumpo, though that is a massive, massive name to put on the back of a jersey. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Double Double Atentacumpo. <laughs> That's it, like jeepers. Um, but I think Yanis, without question, is the top performing African player. What about Yanis um, for you makes, makes him such a special talent? I think Cyrus, it's his all-round game. And, and the fact mm. that he, he's worked on what we, we, we've we considered to be his deficiencies early on. I mm. mean, re- remember there was the, the free throw, Yanis Atatekupo. It almost became yeah. like a, the hackershack situation where just count him down from 10 and you're going to make him lo- lose his uh, focus. And, and yep. then... Um, you know that that has changed now because he he's got his his focus on and he just does what he does right and and, oh, and I think let's 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 be honest though he uh-huh. is averaging sixty four point five percent from the free throw line which is bad better than before player. but better it is than, better than before I mean it's Cyrus, better than my free throw percentage what, what, but what yeah. was Shaq averaging. Oh, look, now, you now you're asking I, questions. And Shaq is the most dominant big man we've ever had. A top, flair, a top player, uh, Hall of Famer, Cyrus. Come on now. Mm-hmm. A, NBA top 75. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? No question. But, 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 but look, uh, back to Yanis. Um, I, I think his all-round game is impressive to me, Cyrus. And, and the fact that, what, like like I said, what we thought was deficiencies are, have even turned out to be strengths. Like his mid-range has gotten better. He still gets to the hoop. Whether yeah. you, you put a guy his size or smaller or whatever, bigger, he, he, he'll get to the hoop. And, and I think just besides his game, like remember, Cyrus, when, when Coach Jason Kidd took a chance on him and made him the captain of the the Milwaukee Bucks when he was just still young and yep. it was post uh, post an all-star. I forget the year. Was it 20, was it 2018, 20, oh, 2017, 2018? But anyway. Probably 2017. Look at Yanis now. Yeah. What he's doing for that franchise. What a leader he has become. He is one of the definite faces of the NBA. People are mm. talking about Yanis being the best player in the league at the moment, Cyrus. Yeah. And I tend and, to agree with those people because who else would you say is a better player than Yanis Antetokounmpo in the NBA right now? And look, I'm not talking it, about the MVP very, race. Very, not... a very short list of players who could be above him. He, like people talk about Kevin Durant as being because he's you know one of the greatest scorers in the NBA mm-hmm. and potentially in NBA history. And then possibly Nikola Jokic because of his all-round game and his size. Mm-hmm. But those two might be the only players who you'd be like, yeah, they might be better than Giannis. But like you said, what Giannis does on both ends of the court, what Giannis does so superbly has him stand out. Uh, he's, I mean, he just does everything at such a high level that yeah. it's so hard for teams to beat him. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I totally agree with you. Just to go back to the hacker Shaq strategy, right? Shaq's mm-hmm. best free throw percentage um, came in the 2000-2002-2003 season where he averaged 62.2%. And Giannis is still better than, than Shaq at his very best. So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. He has made that um, a point of, of emphasis to try and be like, look, if they're going to foul me, which they're going to do, let me at least make them pay. Um, so even if I'm making Absolutely. you know, just over more than half of my free throws, that's still a lot of points that I'm, that I'm, uh, I'm going to be making. So I'm totally with you. Um, I think Giannis has, has improved so much. Um, but he isn't the only African player playing at a high level. I mean, behind him, 
um, in our rankings has got to be none other than the Cameroonian sensation, the man born on this continent um, in, 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 in Cameroon, Joel Embiid. Um, Basketball without just borders, so Alum. Yeah. NBA Africa game, Alum. Yeah. Joel Embiid, Cyrus. Let's, let's not forget, Giannis was also here for the Africa game, the very first one. But yeah, oh, Joel yes, Embiid. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and and uh, Embiid's numbers are super impressive. I mean, he's second in, in scoring in the NBA right now in terms of points per game by a couple mm. of percentage points. He's averaging 33, point, uh, well, 33 uh, points per game. He's also doing really, really well. I mean, his, his field goal percentage is 53.4 um, as we record this. His free throws, this is something people don't talk about enough. His free throw percentage is 85.6. He's a great free, uh, free throw shooter. Um, he's even also averaging uh, 33.6% from, uh, from three-point range, which is superb. And double-double machine because he's grabbing 10.4 rebounds per game. And he's also, you know, uh, putting some assists in there as well, you know, like for, for a game. Not bad, considering that he's also stealing the ball like 1.1 um, times a game and averaging 1.6 blocks a game which is more blocks than Giannis is averaging at the moment and more steals than, than Giannis is averaging at the moment. So he's doing stuff on both ends of the court. Joel Embiid is just, he's, he's just great. He's been so good for a long time now. And, and that's why we keep talking about him an MVP caliber kind of player. Um, what about Embiid's season, do you think, will, will keep him going um, as, as the, the 76ers try and, and break that, that, that NBA jinx? And, and make it to the NBA Finals? Uh, Cyrus, I think, first of all, uh, it, oh, just him himself, I, I think he's just scoring at, a, at such a high clip. It, it, it's, it's, it's impressive, and I, I think that's doing a lot for his squad. It's doing a lot for him. And obviously, rebounding as well. Uh, I, mm. I think those are his two uh, biggest assets and just his sheer size and length and the fact that yeah. he's able to be a, a disruptor i mean I, I watched the recent game where he didn't have a good game offensively but boy was he a problem defensively and i yeah. and i think that's that, that's what uh, an intelligent player does because when you realize look today it just doesn't seem to be working in the offensive office let me see what i can yeah. do in the defensive office and how i can contribute there and and, and i think you know, Joel Embiid, I mean, if we look at the history of Joel Embiid, Cyrus, you do remember, I think he missed two seasons, his original rookie season and his yeah. second season as well because due to a foot injury and people were very worried, is this guy going to make it in such a competitive league? But when he finally arrived, and I think mm. that's why he didn't play in the Africa game because he was drafted in 2014. So in 2014 and 15, he was injured. So I guess maybe that's why yeah. he never came for the first Africa game. But... Cyrus, th 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 this is also one of the faces of the league. Maybe not so much as as, as Yanis, but when you, when you mention Joel, the name Joel Embiid, people know you're talking about the NBA. And like you said, he's pulling mm -hmm. off more blocks than Yanis Atatakupo, who we both agree is potentially the best player in the league right now. Yeah. And if you look at him performing so well in three major statistical categories, also pulling off four assists, uh, a game when he's playing alongside a great assister in in James Harden, you 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 know that he's putting in work and and, and exactly. basically, I think Joel Embiid has been the heart and soul of the Sixers for how many seasons now, Cyrus? I mean, Goodness, this guy, he brought back. If you remember when he finally caught fire, he shook off the rookie 
you know, skin and, and, and just became a bona fide superstar. They said, and I agree with them who said, and I think it's them in Philadelphia, <laughs> that he brought back Allen Iverson level excitement back to Philadelphia yeah. basketball. You can't disagree with that. And that's just how he plays. He's a big man who gets up and down the floor very you know, very nicely. He's got. He's still got that youthful speed about him. He's very athletic. I mean, he's a big guy. He's a seven footer. So dunking for him is a hop, skip, and a jump away, right? And and and, mm-hmm. and just size. And it's not just sheer size. His his basketball IQ is right up there. And that's why yep. thing I like about Joel Embiid. And he's still an entertainer. You know what I mean? He would that's dance exactly with the cheerleaders. It. He would dance and, with the cheerleaders if he gets caught He's not trolling much anymore. I think he, he he's more focusing on his all round game these days. Well, he, I think he said once once he had his son, or rather once his partner had had their son, uh, he was like, "Look, he's got to be a bit more responsible." Um, and he's a six time <laughs> All Star, you know. And I mean, when yeah. you look at his accolades, right? Uh, Four time All NBA Second Team, um, three time All um, NBA All Defensive Second Team, and a scoring champion. Let's not forget that the first African yeah. player to to be a scoring champion in the NBA. That that really has to be hyped up a lot more um you know the man from yaounde has has done some incredible things and we've got to always give a shout out to lukumba mute who you know saw something in this kid it was like yeah yeah he's he's going to be something special measure. and and here we are <laughs> absolutely we are. cyrus cameroon has in recent years uh, really contributed very well to the sport that we love and uh, well, we do appreciate uh, this is what i love about the way you set things up kaunda because our third name on our list has to be the other um, player from from Cameroon in Pascal Siakam, who has been really, really good um, for for the Toronto Raptors yet again this season. He's also a Basketball That Borders um, alumni, and yep. uh, he's 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 just a special, special talent as well. And obviously, a couple of years younger than uh, Joel Embiid. But what's great about Pascal is that he, he's just so focused, so determined, doesn't really get caught up in any of the other nonsense um, that, that happens in the NBA. And maybe it's because the man from Douala in Cameroon um, is, is, he's just had the ability to be like, look, I can play. I don't need to worry about stuff. And he's a champion. He's won a championship. The problem he's was it champ. came at the expense of his homie, <laughs> Joel Embiid, because of Kawhi Leonard's uh, shot that time. Um, but he's a two-time um, All-Star, um, Pascal Siakam. And yep. one of the most incredible things is that he's also become the leader of this Toronto Raptors franchise who have always played a good brand of basketball. Um, though this season they've struggled a little bit um, to, to really get to the heights that they need to. And, and when you look at it, Siakam is, is one of those guys where you just think, okay, so what can't he do? Because his offensive game has improved so much over the years. He's, he's averaging yeah. 20, 25 points per game, which is actually mm-hmm. 22nd sec, uh, in the league um, from a points per game perspective. Um, his his three-point percentage is 34.2%. So he's, he's, he's not doing too badly from the three-point uh, three um, uh, category. And then you look at some of the other stuff as well, like um, his free, th- free throw percentage, always a tough uh-huh. one to say. But he's shooting free throws at like 76.9%. So a really good number as well. Rebounded the ball well. Um, he's, re- he's averaging about 7.8 rebounds a game. And then the key thing for me is his defensive effort. Because 
Pascal has always been one of those guys who he is a bit of a, a two-way player, so he's he's getting some 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 steals as well. He's really the engine room of what happens around the Toronto team. Do you think that like at 28 years old, because he's not young, um, he's still going to be playing at at a super, super high level for the next couple of years? I mean. Are we looking at him and saying, yes, he's definitely the third best African player this season, but we we, we think he's going to carry on doing that all the way through to the end of his career, right? Yeah, Cyrus, I, I think he, he, I mean, at 6'8", uh, and uh, he's been, uh, you know, comparatively very healthy, uh, a, a, a very healthy forward for his career so far. I mean, Cyrus, I go back to 2012 when I when I saw this guy at, at Basketball Without Borders, uh, looking so much with so much promise, and he hadn't even been to college yet. You know, he was this young mm. African prospect, and you look at him now; he's actually the de facto leader, like you said, of the Toronto Raptors. It's actually interesting that you say he's a leader, right? That means yeah. all three of the top African players that we've mentioned are actually leaders in their franchise. Yeah, it, it, really that incredible. Is, that, that, that is remarkable. Like uh, it's uh, and, and two of these guys coming directly from the African continent. From the African continent, that, that, that's that, that's incredible. And, and and you know, just to go back to his performance, I mean, I, I know he's had some slow starts in certain seasons, and, and you know, but I'm glad he stayed healthy. I'm glad he stayed mm. focused, and, and it's it's great that he's been in a market like Toronto where. I think you 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 are exempt from the bright lights and and, and, and you know the, the big talk. <laughs> the the American bright can, lights. He's he's in those Canadian bright lights. <laughs> they, they they shine differently. They shine differently. I think those they are do. halogen do. bright lights. They they don't use too much tungsten and stuff. Uh, it's a halogen. Oh, the scientific <laughs> knowledge of Founder Chama <laughs> shining to the front. They they shine bright like a diamond. Let's just go. Oh I'm, I'm, goodness! My, my, my Rihanna fandom comes in. <laughs> <laughs> but what I love about Siakam, right? Um, and yeah. we've we've elevated him here because um, he is a two time All Star. Is that he's also yeah. done it the hard way? Like this guy came up through the the G League when it was the D League. He's a he D League champion. G -League MVP. Exactly. Champion and exactly. finals MVP, right? I think he's one of the first players to be like a, a, a D-League, G-League champion and an NBA champion. Um, and he was one of the most important players in the NBA championship win with Kawhi Leonard. I'd say Absolutely. it was um, Kawhi, Ka uh, Kyle Lowry, and, and then Pascal Siakam. And he was one of the star players in that, that championship win. So... You can see this is a guy who's he's he's learned every step of the way. He, um, you know, no, Cyrus, he, like you say, BWB all the way through to 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 you know the top of the the league. I would like to find out how many players have been BWB alums, BWB Africa alums, and have gone all the way up to to win a chip. Because I know Pascal Siakam is one of them, and and I always forget his his D stroke G League. Um, you know, pathway because mm. that's a very important thing. Because you start all the way from basketball without borders, you go into the G D League, and 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 become a champion there and an MVP there, and yeah. then come and become a champion in the actual NBA, you, you know, league. All he's missing is an MVP mm -hmm. in the I an mean, actual MVP and a finals it, it, MVP. But that's a, a story for hell him. of a, a long shot for him. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of things have to go right Look, for him to get he, that. He, he's got some beautiful accolades. So 
even no, if he, he retired does. today, even if he retired he, today, Pascal Siakam. One of the most illustrious uh, careers from an African perspective and from an, a general perspective. I mean, there yes. are very few players in NBA history who've done what he's done. Um, yeah. And and being uh, not just a role player, but a real um, force within a team. And if he ever yeah. leaves the Toronto Raptors, he could go to another team where they'll 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 count on him to do what he does best. So I, I, I really love it. I mean, he's also one most improved player of the year as well. So you know, th- oh, there's yes. a lot to like about him. I mean, like we said, two-time All Star. He's been uh, All NBA second team that was in 2020. Uh, so there's there's so much that Pascal does well, does well and does right. So yeah, shout out to him, uh, the man from Douala. Um, let's let's go through the, the the last couple of players on the list a little bit quicker uh, because we've got Bam Adebayo um, as being a sort of fourth player with African links um, on this list, and and Bam's been so so good for the Miami Heat. Yes, they're not playing at the very best level, but when you look at when they're at their best, it's when Bam's at his best. Um, and yep. Idris Bam Adebayo, uh, who's a Nigerian American. Um, is just he's such a special player and and has just gotten better and better as the years have gone by. Team Africa alum, uh, Cyrus, never forget that. Yes, yes. Um, N- NBA Africa game, uh, Team Africa alum, and, and playing alongside uh, players like Jimmy Butler and, and mm. helping them uh, get far into into that uh, postseason, Cyrus, that doesn't come easy. Especially, like, like I, I always look at people that play at the Miami Heat right now. They always play under the shadow of the fact that, you know, they're playing with, uh, you know, with the leadership of one Pat Riley. And then they're playing under Eric Spolstra, right? Who can tell mm-hmm. you that he won championships with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and, yeah. and, and Chris Bosh. So they're saying, you're playing against a, a, a winning coach here. So you should be able to win. So I think that there's a lot of pressure that comes on, on these Miami Heat players, Cyrus, these Miami Heat players, Cyrus, that we, we overlook. And the fact yeah. that Bam uh, is able to perform in that situation, like you mentioned these 21.2 points a game, 9.7 rebounds. That's almost a double-double right there, Cyrus. Mm. And that's a... 20-point double-double, uh, averaging 3.2 assists per game. And he, he's a front-court player. Uh, yeah. and, and, and just the impact that he has when he's on the floor. I, 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 I think, you know, honesty, and I know you don't like talking buts or ifs and whens and stuff like that, but had he been healthy for the rest of the postseason uh, in, the bubble. in the bubble, the Lakers might have not gotten that championship so easily. They would have had more scratches and bumps and bruises before they lifted yeah. that Larry O'Brien trophy. If we if we're just being honest, right, Cyrus? I'm, I'm with and, you. I'm with you. And that's the impact Bam Adebayo has on this team. I mean, if you were to mention the Miami Heat, obviously Jimmy Butler comes to mind first, but the second player that comes to mind has to be Bam. Bam Adebayo, even before you talk about, you know, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and, and all those other players. Bam Adebayo. He's the, even he's, you, he's the second star on that team. He's the second star on, on, on that team. And I, and, and I, and I think performance-wise, makes us all proud to be Africans, all proud to be somehow, uh, you know, uh, linked to this young man. And he's keeping yeah. that Jolof in South Beach, <laughs> if I may refer to an old story that I wrote. He's keeping that Jalof hot in South Beach. Oh, yes, he definitely is. He definitely is. And and I like that you mentioned his stats. You know, like the uh, the important thing is like 
he's improved his, his scoring numbers as well, uh, averaging, yeah. like you said, 21.2 points per game, which is exactly the same as DeJounte Murray. Let's not forget that. And and Murray is, is playing um, and as a backcourt player who takes more shots generally, but he's also, like you said, grabbing 9.7 rebounds a game. And, and the thing about Bam is that he's a two-time All-Star as well. Um, mm-hmm. Because he got the All Star nod again this season, um, three-time All Defensive Second Team, um, and he could potentially—he's been campaigning to be Defensive Player of the Year, and he's been unlucky in, in past seasons. I, I think he's—he's he, he's got a shot um, at, at potentially being that. I don't know if he will be crowned. Um, he will be defensive crowned player. Defensive Player of the Year, but he's—he's he's definitely within that conversation because of what he does, and he guards, you know. Pretty much every position, you can guard your point guards all the way through to you know some of your centers as well. And he's just a really, really great energizer in that team. And we love Bam Adebayo. Um, let's give our, our take on the last of the African players that, that we um, are calling the top African players so far this season. And it's got to be OG Ananobi, right? Our, we're our, back our, in Canada. Well, he's British. Let's not get it twisted. But no, I said we're back in Canada. Of, ex- exactly. By way of the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> that was yes. going to be my point. In the sense that we, we suddenly have two Raptors on this list. Um, but a couple of guys with serious Nigerian links, right? Yanis, yeah. um, Bam, um, uh, OG. And then we've got the two Cameroonians. So West Africa is really representing. But, but OG Ananobi is on our list because of his incredible defensive uh, capabilities and he's like what the, the 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 stats leader when it comes to steals per game right now um, yep. that's really impressive uh when when you look at it it's like him and and chris dunn but chris dunn has hardly played any games so mm-hmm. we know uh, og having played 50 games this season and averaging two steals a game he's been doing it doing it like he's <laughs> he's been putting in those performances and then you look at his his points as well and he's averaging 16.6 points per game so is he not the you know the, the kind of player you want in your team because he's also averaging 36.2 percent from uh three-point range uh, his, his free throw numbers are great he's an 82.8 percent free throw shooter so that's the three and d guy everybody in the league needs on their team right cyrus and you know one thing i like about og Ananobi, he mm-hmm. does it quietly Oh, in you know, when you, when you talk about silent assassins and silent yep. performers, I think OG Ananobi is one of those guys. I, I like I like the fact that I, I know you call him British Nigerian or Nigerian British, but I'm claiming him West African. <laughs> More Jalof. Mojolov in Canada. We are claiming him. Mojolov in the T dot. We are claiming Oh, Kaunda Chama, you know. <laughs> and I mean, the the man's first name is Ogubwa. So, you know. There you go. Ogubwa, I don't know. Oh, by the way, I uh, recently realized the best uh, Jalof comes from Senegal. But we'll bring that up in oh, another. Goodness. In that another a, a, podcast. A podcast. And, and this is also another NBA champion who also won that championship in 2019. Absolutely. The thing about OG is that, you know, at 25, he's one of the most desired players in the NBA because of his skill set. He does so much for a team. That defensive capability, as well as a three-point shooting, really makes him the kind of key piece that anybody would want on the wing and their team because he's the kind of guy who can get you over the line in really close games. So OG and Anobi has been superb this season, and we've got to give him his flowers as as the the sort of NBA steals leader. Um, Mm -hmm. But Kounder, 
we've come to the end of the show. We've run out of time. Um, it's been special as always. Um, I want to I want to leave you with one thing though. Uh huh. When we look at at this NBA season, and and going forward, we'll be talking about this in a future podcast. Doesn't it feel like the NBA's future is looking very African? And and very. we're not even just saying that because of the Af- Afrocentric um, All Star <laughs> performances at halftime by our superstar uh, performers, but also you know our encore guys. I mean, Giannis, Joel. Uh, OG is only 25. Uh, Pascal is 28. Uh, Bam is also, you know, like in his, his late 20s. And then we could be adding future Hall of Famer. He hasn't even played an NBA game at all in Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> Cyrus, I, you know, like ever since the the NBA started going global, and mm. uh, you know, I, I take it back to our first African draftee in uh, Hakeem Olajuwon in 1984, yep. drafted two spots ahead of uh, the man we call the GOAT in Michael Jordan. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think Africa has been doing a sneak attack on the league, you know, Cam Dukembe, Cam Manute <laughs> yeah. Ball. You know, we, we, we've been coming. You know, DJ Mbengas and them sneaking in. But I, I think it, it, we've been coming and, 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 you know, in Star Trek, they say space, the final frontier. I think Africa, the final frontier. And oh, our, players, our players are willing to boldly go where no, where man, no man has gone. Or no woman, if we count in the WNBA, has ever no gone person. before. <laughs> and we're producing, we're producing stars uh, in the men's game, the women's game, and and everywhere. So, um, yeah, that's it, Counter. We've come to the end of the podcast, but it's really been great. Thank you so much, my brother. Thanks, Cyrus. It's always a pleasure, uh, you know, chopping it up basketball-wise with you. And a big shout-out to all our listeners for always joining us and always agreeing and disagreeing with us on socials. We love all that. Definitely, definitely. So, everybody, please keep on contacting us on our socials at Post Podcast on Twitter, at Post Zone on Instagram, and at Post Zone on Facebook for all things NBA from an African perspective. From me, it's goodbye, and we'll see you courtside.